This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, one hour in, two hours to go here on Warriors This Week. Evan Giddings, Dan Devone here on 95.7 The Game talking about the Warriors post-trade deadline. They won four of five on their road trip, five of six as a team, a game below 500 as they get set for tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant back in town, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, 5.30 tip. That's right here on 95.7 The Game, Warriors live at 4.30. And, of course, the uh, the rematch Draymond versus Yusuf, part two. Yeah, Draymond. My man. <laughs> uh, you know what? Draymond is is still Draymond. Like, yep. Again, we talked about this, man. Uh, you know, He already punched Anthony Davis in the face and should be gone, so we're lucky that he's oh, well, yeah, on, that's, that's on borrowed time. That's true. But cannot lose this guy. It's not coinky-dinky here. It's not coincidental that this guy, with his return, suddenly the defense has got better and the Warriors are beginning to win games. So... Yeah, yeah, shocker. It's we've had about a ten-year sample size. When Draymond Green plays, the Warriors are better, and when he doesn't, <laughs> they are not. And he unlocks Steph. Also, good. Yes, he does. No, offensively, Steph is. Well, I guess he had a kind of a slow game against Philly, but of course, burst out for forty plus last night. Hit eleven threes. By the way, that's the thirteenth time in his career that Steph has made eleven threes. Do you know what the second place player who he is in play? Right. Yeah, you know how many he's got? Seven. Six? It's like four. Oh. Like, no one else is even in the same realm as Steph when it comes to three-point shooting. He's the best to ever do it. But, you know, again, just in a, a sort of a you know a serious note, a lot of it, what he's getting now is in, in transition, which you didn't really see early on. Like, a lot of that is just... The this Warriors, season or, or his career, you mean? No, this year. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. again, for whatever reason, the pace hasn't been the same. And I, I think that youth really just unlocks a lot of things. When the Warriors play defense, what always happens, right? Yep. It's like it, it puts you in transition. It sets the offense. You get out and you run because you got a turnover, a rebound, and you go. And that's, that's when the Warriors, and specifically Steph Curry, at their most dangerous. Yeah, during the stretch of five of six wins, uh, their offense has been 120.3 per 100 possessions. Their defense has been at 107. Both of those are above both the Warriors' average as well as league average. So they're, they're playing arguably their best basketball right now. How will that continue against opponents above 500, opponents that might consider themselves legitimate contenders in the Western Conference, of course, being the Phoenix Suns? And then in two games, you got the Los Angeles Clippers, who maybe have been the most uh, sustained, successful team after their first few weeks, they've played and had some very impressive wins during their season. Of course, we're going to see them on Wednesday inter, uh, interspersed with the Utah Jazz. But uh, promise Keenan in San Diego we get out to him. So 888-957-9570. Phone lines are open here on Warriors this week. Keenan, my man, thanks for holding on. How are you? Oh, no problem. What's up, fellas? Hope all is well. Back at you. I am buying it. Uh, what's going on with the team uh, right now? I think, you know, the two one-point losses and the double OT loss, I think we are starting to turn the corner and put it together. But for me, the key is our wings. Next to uh, Paul George and Kawhi, I think I think Wiggs and Kaminga might be, you know, the, the second most talented wing duo we have, especially when they're playing D. When Wiggins is focused on both sides of the ball, like he's damn near unstoppable, uh, in my opinion. When he's making those layups and he's locking people up, I think Kaminga feeds off of that. Also, I think uh, Kerr might have to play uh, TJD more because if, you know, Draymond is picking the four and the five and Roman, man, with TJD on that backside, blocking everything at the rim when we go against those bigger teams, that gets us out in transition. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how we're going to play tonight. We've lost 
what, six out of the last seven against the Suns, I think. They've had our number yeah. for a while. So, you know, hopefully Clay can – Big Smooth was right. If he can get that Ray Allen role, like Spo used him, you know, and, and really uh, kind of just – just adapt to that role. I think we'll be fine, man. We get to the all-star break, uh, you know, 500 or a few games above, if possible. I think we'll be good. Thanks, Keenan. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, you know, kind of a... Well, look, they can either be, I think, a game below or a game above, right? Because you got four games until the All-Star break. You go 3-1, and one, you're a game above 500. You go 500, you are where you are right now, which is 24 and 25, a game below. So, I mean, yes, if the Warriors can place... I think, look, if you look at these four games, you get Utah twice, you get the Clippers, you get Phoenix. If you go 2-2, two and two, I think you're in a good position going into the All-Star break. You'll take it. But I think the Warriors want to either sweep or win three out of the four games. Yeah. If they're really that team, if they're going to be a team that is going to make that run, that if we believe that this is the best version of the Golden State Warriors this year, then I think the Warriors, as well as fans, have suddenly we've lowered the bar, right? Like the expectations are now, okay, we're good at 500 because, you know, the team has struggled so much this year. Listen, if this is a championship team, win all four of those games or win three of the four games. I do want to get back to Big Smooth and Austin and one of the callers that talked about uh, Clay. Was talking about Clay. And, and, and it was a good point that was brought up about his attitude. And I like Clay's a great guy. Like, I don't think he's one of those guys that's going to brood around the locker room and just, you know, be a cancer or create some sort of uh, wreak havoc in the locker room and, and be this, this, this sort of eyesore that people can't play with or get along with. No, that ain't the dude at all. But I do think because he's such a perfectionist, and, and Steve Kerr always talks about this, where he truly believes that every shot that he lets go is going in. Mm-hmm. And you can see the body language when it doesn't or he misses a few. And it's either a shrug of the shoulders. There's sort of this moping sort of quality to him. And that, that's a bad imagery. That's, that's also infectious. Now, he doesn't mean to, and he's just because he wants the ball to go in, and that's just the standard by which he plays. But what happens is that it carries over to defense, and I think that, again, you compare him to Pajemski, who's all high energy. He's just going 100 miles an hour with his hair on fire regardless. And Clay has a tendency just to get into this. He's missed a few, and the head comes down. You can see the body language. And that's just not good for younger players. Maybe Steph has been through the wars. It's like, yeah, that's just Clay. I'm, I'm good. But that sort of stuff takes its toll on the basketball team. So it's not... You know, it's not a casual thing that one of the callers mentioned. That's, you know, that's something that has to be addressed with what I think is now sort of a, a growing litany of things as to why you should bench. And I'm not saying don't play Clay, but relegate him to another role where all you need is somebody to come in and give you instant offense. All you need is somebody to come in and shoot the basketball. Right now, as reliant as they are, on what I think is not only an older player, but older than the rest. Maybe not by age, but in terms because of the injuries, not being able to stay in front of guys, and the fact that they need to get young, and you can clearly see how much better they are when they have a younger basketball team. Listen, he got replaced in the closing moments against, it was against Brooklyn, right? Yeah, and Guy Santos. Key Santos is like they called up Guy Santos because they needed 14 dudes on the roster. Plus, right? plus 13 that day. Guy Santos. Why did he replace Clay, Clay Thompson? Is it because you know he shoots it well? Is it because he's a good defender? Is it because he <laughs> rebounds well? No, it's simply because he's young and he's willing to scrap. He's willing to battle for a loose ball. He's willing to, to rotate and help defensively. He's playing for his NBA life. The only reason he replaced Clay Thompson, it wasn't because of talent, it was because of youth. And that's how you win in the NBA. Yes, you can have your best players can be older, but there has to be a balance, and I would even argue that there has to be a stronger identity as far as the youth movement on a basketball team. Clay, they're already old. Clay makes you ancient. And that's not to relegate him to the end of the bench or trade him or not play him, but just change the role. And I think the writing's on the wall. Now it just becomes, to me, uh, it just becomes now of that awkward conversation. Mm -hmm. 
how do you sit down and how do you and this is why Kerr, you know, he makes what it is that he makes on an annual whatever whatever salary is. This is this is why you are who you are is because we pay you to have these difficult conversations. It's not unlike you know, to to me I'm getting the sense that it's like have you ever had to break up with a girl or girls? For those of you, you females out there that have had to break up with a guy and you sort of put it off, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it today. Like, do I have to? It's like, at some point, you have to have the conversation. This isn't working out. Well, yeah, and, and maybe as opposed to Clay Thompson, I'd be more inclined to have that conversation because you're talking about breakups, and it's like 80-20. Like, usually I get broken up with more than I do the breaking <laughs> up. So I, I've had those conversations more than Clay Thompson's had, too. Let me put it that way. But... I don't think that he needs to necessarily come out of the starting lineup, but I do agree, like, his role needs to be relegated. And I I think it has. Like, that was a shift to me during the road trip that I didn't know if Steve Kerr had the capacity for, which was, hey, Clay, you're not helping us as much tonight compared to someone as far down the roster as Guy Santos. Like, Guy Santos wasn't on the team at the beginning of the season. I guess he was a two-way contract, but that's a Santa Cruz war uh, warrior. That's helping you win a game in the fourth quarter and a game in which you haven't shot well. Like, that's another part of that, too, from that Brooklyn game, and we just zero in on that. You'd made four threes in the game. Steph Curry made all four of them. So if you really think you needed more three-point shooting, the clear choice is obviously Clay Thompson. But that's not the path to victory that Steve Kerr felt was going to be the right avenue. And so Clay didn't fit into that. And I also I do think we're starting to see a shift in Clay, which which optimistically for me means that they can sort of thread this needle or coexist with the starting lineup, but he plays less minutes. He's not always closing games because there's also going to be more factors coming in, which is Chris Paul might need to close a game. If you want more defense on the floor, Gary Payton the second might be an option for you to pair with Wiggins and Kaminga on that front line and Draymond Green. That might be your best defensive unit. So there are less rotations or, I guess, uh, lineups where Klay Thompson is necessary. And that was, to me, the biggest takeaway. I, I don't know if it means a benching. I don't know if it means you know all of a sudden he's going to be a, a Ray Allen off the bench. I think that's probably the place that he's going to look at further down the line, like next season or the years after. But for right now, you're right, Dan. Like Clay Thompson's not a necessity anymore on a given night, specifically to win a basketball game. And that's something that we have not said before in his career, even last year. He scored a 50-point game last year. He had multiple 40-point yeah. games last season. In the month right now of February, he was shooting 45% from three and averaging 25 points a game. Within 365 days, we haven't seen that Clay Thompson this season. And so that's why, even though I still think he can help, he's still valuable because you don't have a lot of other three-point shooting options outside of him and Curry. So I think there's still a spot for him, but you're right, like, he doesn't have to be closing every single basketball game. And in fact, he might hurt you in some of those spots like he did against Atlanta when he was 4 of 19. Here's why I think he has to come out of the starting lineup. It's because the Warriors just simply do not start basketball games well. Like you talked about the Brooklyn game. They had 20 points in that Brooklyn game. They were trailing Brooklyn after a quarter. They have been notoriously this year bad at starting games. And it's, again, if I was to point a finger, it's because there's a low energy right from the jump. And I think Pajemski just simply solves a lot of that. Against Philadelphia, they were trailing the Sixers in the game they blew out Philadelphia after a quarter. They have notoriously throughout this entire season started slowly. And it's in that first quarter. And... I don't think it's coincidence that you have Clay Thompson out there, who I think is not a tone setter when it comes to the sort of energy, again, being the operative word today, and those youthful legs and that, that exuberant sort of attacking on both ends of the floor that you need right from the get-go. And I think Pajemski, you know, like he cures all of that by just simply inserting him into the starting lineup. Sure, but if we're going to... Look at this, for example, the Philly game. I, I think, you know, again, they were missing Joel Embiid. Uh, Tyrese Maxey did not play very well in that game. And if that doesn't happen, they're not going to win. But I, I think that's a prime example of a solid clay game for where he's at in his career. Six of 12, four of five from three, 
18 points yeah, but he in didn't 28 start minutes. Well. Like a lot of that was in garbage. Like I think a lot of that he got when the game was already decided because he was the one guy, the one starter who was still on the floor in that fourth quarter. And he was still, and he hit a couple of threes. And I don't mean to jump you, but it just, I think a lot of that sort of deceptive because, again, they were trailing after the first quarter. And a lot of the points he got was when things were already sort of decided at that point. Yeah, but uh, well, I think more like the mindset of knowing when I can get my shots. And, and this is also part of it, That's too. True. Like, I mean, I, I know that shot making or uh, the the decision making has been a big reason why we, with Clay's why is he taking this shot? He's basically shooting turnovers, all this and that. But let's be honest, like when he was in his prime, he made tough shots. Yeah. Like he took and made terrible shots, but you live with him because he made forty five or forty three percent of them. Now he's not making as many, and that's why they're so glaring, and they lead to leak outs and transition opportunities, and he's also not the defender he used to be. I get it, and I don't mean to sound like we're just you know harping on this dude. He's a bum. He's not. He's a four-time champ and a Hall of Famer, but I just think that there's a place where him and the Warriors can coexist and help each other. Like, Clay's not always going to be a positive, and, and I get, like, yeah, they have slow starts and first, first quarters haven't been their, their money this year, but, it, but if Clay is really hurting you, well, then he would probably hurt you when he came in in the second quarter. He'd probably hurt you when he comes in in the third quarter. Meanwhile, Pajemski, if he was so much better, would be helping you in all of those spots anyway. So I, I think whether it's starting slow or, or finishing fast, like there is a spot for me, and I think it's there, there's a role for Clay. Um, and I, I think it still can be in the starting lineup. I also just don't think that Steve Kerr is going to bench him. Like that may that may be what it comes down to. Also, I don't you're know. probably right. 888-957-9570 is the number. Let's get out to the callers. Marillo in Petaluma wants to talk about the dubs. What's going on, Marillo? How you doing, my man? Hey, my guys. It's been a while. Um, first of all, before dropping my Warriors take, I want to congratulate you guys, give you your flowers. The, the station has been trending. I've been listening to you guys for, for a while, to, for years, and to see all the sponsors coming in, to see you guys bringing more more talk more uh, uh guests and the young guys coming up uh props to you guys i'm excited i'm excited for you um as far as the warriors one thing that i was thinking through your talk is well first of all shout out to gui santos i'm from brazil i don't think i've ever mentioned that so Caprinhas, Caprinhas. representing <laughs> it's good to see a Brazilian representing. It's been a while. I think since LB, we haven't had a Brazilian in the spotlight. So yep. anyway, um, I, I'm happy that Steve is letting things play organically uh, in terms of minutes and who should play or not. And, and I think it's the best way to do it. I'm a coach, so I understand him on that side. And Draymond is the key to everything because – Kuminga was averaging 10 points plus without before uh, Draymond come, comes back. Now he's averaging 20. Steph is unlocked again. And I think there's a certain demeanor about the team uh, with Draymond back. So I like how Steve Kerr is kind of letting things play, letting guys who deserve to play. And the veterans will understand. I think Clay needs to embrace more the 2022 Clay when he was just great to be there. Grateful to be there and happy to be back. Because he doesn't look like the same player. You compare him, the videos and everything, his legs don't look the same. And I know the injuries and all. So I think, I think things are going to happen organically. And, and hopefully we can turn the, the, the page here on the uh, second uh, part of the season and maybe grab that fifth, sixth seed. I think we'll be good. Thank Thanks. you, guys. Have a good weekend, and go Niners. I <laughs> appreciate that, Marilla. Yeah, just about 24 hours away from uh, You're out of the big game. Mm -mm. By the way, uh, thank you, San Jose Jazz fan on, on YouTube pointing this out. Also, Anderson Verjao, native of Brazil. So, sure thing. Eric yeah. for Murillo. But this is this is the, the thing, though, and I, I, I don't mean to make it just about Clay, but it's like I think it's more about, about Kerr in my mind. And it doesn't that doesn't just extend to Clay Thompson. It extends to the rest of the veterans on the roster. It extends to Kavon Looney. It extends to Andrew Wiggins, who has been playing better. But, again, if he doesn't play well, will Steve have the, the gumption or the you know aggression to make the hard choice, which is you're not going to close this game. Like, you're not going to play. Especially when you have a, a youthful exuberance from your bench. And also, to, to me, Dan, you know, your, your point about the, the youthful energy, I think also represents, like, the desperation that this team does need to play with right now. Like, Gui Santos is desperate. Lester Quinones is desperate to be on the roster, to play in the lead, to make a name for themselves. But Jemski's desperate. Um, 
and he's been empowered, but I think he plays with a desperation that this team just hasn't had, even going back to last year. A player that was as young as Jordan Poole last season, I don't think ever played with desperation throughout last season. These guys are trying to fight for not just themselves, but of course the the victories for the team, and that is infectious, and I think Curry along with Dre and Clay, feel that desperation that they just don't have because they're four-time champs. They've done it all. The only thing that there is is to do more winning as opposed to coming up feeling like, hey, every shot that I take in the NBA could be my last. Yeah, and it's rubbed off on that basketball team. And and that's just to me, again, the Warriors are old. It's an old basketball team. So how do you make them relevant? Will you get younger? And it's been a struggle. Uh, we've waited for Jonathan Kaminga patiently, and it's been frustrating, but here he is. And now a young player has become your second-best scorer on the team. Uh, and now younger players like Pajemski, younger players like Trace Jackson Davis, and the youth of Quinones and Guy Santos. That's the only shot you have. Like, that's the one opportunity to go along with Steph and Draymond and Clay is that you need to get younger. And that's exactly what Steve Kerr has been able to do. Listen, it's not by coincidence that the two top teams in the Western Conference that the Warriors are trying to walk down are Minnesota and OKC, two young basketball teams. That's how you win. It's about youth. Now, a lot of their youth have, unlike that at Kaminga, they got an opportunity to play over the last two years. And when I say play, I mean play the majority of the games and get like upwards to 30 minutes of contest. And while they're still, they still might be a year or two away when you think about it in terms of postseason experience, but it's a young man's game. And I would make that argument for any professional sport. So this had to happen. And I think this is the reason why the Golden State Warriors are providing the sense of optimism going forward. Yes, but their best players outside of Kaminga are older. You need those players sure. to play well. So, like, for example, you're talking about Minnesota. They're not a team that necessarily scares you if you had to face them in the playoffs. They, they would scare me. But why wouldn't they, OKC, um, and I guess Sacramento would be the other team that fits into this category, but, but why wouldn't those teams scare you in the postseason? Well, it's a lack of experience. Exactly. And so, go ahead. Did you want to feed off of that? No, no, no. I was just going to yeah. say, the reason why I think people would... Uh, I don't know about favor the Warriors, but believe that the Warriors could upset our one or two seed in the postseason is because of their experience. So yes, as much as uh, the youth has been a great injection and it has given a, a different dynamic to this team, at the end of the day, I feel like they are dependent. Oh, there's no doubt. Wholly on their veteran players. Now, Clay Thompson is uh, less of a dependency at this point than he's ever been, and Kaminga has certainly jumped him in the pecking order when, it, when in regards to success, but you're still hoping that Curry maintains uh, an MVP level of play, that Draymond Green re-rises to his you know, DPOY levels, that Andrew Wiggins returns the two-way wigs. Like, those are a lot of ifs that I think that the Warriors are dependent on if they want to make noise this season. Yeah, make no mistake about it. Maybe I was misunderstood is that you're going to go as far as those guys take you. Like, mm-hmm. that's, still, you know, that's still the recipe to success. However, the point that I'm trying to illustrate is that instead of having it, those guys along with Chris Paul and Kevon Looney and then just relegating the younger players to you know to the end of the bench or or limiting their play simply because they're young it was not a winning recipe it's that you have to embrace the youth and it's going to be that youth to go along with the foundation of the best players on your basketball team that blend and especially with you know the rise and and the, the younger players getting more of a substantial opportunity to impact this basketball team, it's the combination of the two that gives you an opportunity to make a run. It can't be one or the other. Some teams are too young in this league, and the Warriors, without the likes of Kaminga and without Moody and without Pajemski, and the list goes on, Santos and company, they're too old. So it's a combination uh, of both youth as well as as the experience that the Warriors have that I think could be the winning formula going forward. I think it is. And I think that shift has been happening quietly. And now we're just starting to see the, the benefits being reaped of it in terms of wins. But how is that hierarchy reordered? How is that pecking order restructured when the Warriors, for example, get Gary Payton II back tonight? How many minutes does he get? Who does he play with? Who gets their minutes sacrificed as a result? How does Chris Paul configure the the equation 
Did the Warriors have an opportunity to alleviate some of those concerns at the NBA trade deadline? They chose not to. The only thing they did was move Corey Joseph for a future second-round pick. How are the Warriors looking post-deadline compared to to, to pre-deadline? They look like they're trending up. Do they look like there's still some things to be skeptical about? I want to dig into it on the other side. Also, Chris, I see you. Gloria, I see you. We'll get to you on the other side, taking your calls. About halfway home here on Warriors this week, up until 12 o'clock. 888-957-9570 is the number. That's Dan DeVoe. My name is Evan Giddings. We're back after this, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Warriors This Week continues on 95.7 The Game. All right, halfway home here on Saturday morning. Warriors This Week, Evan Giddings, Dan Devone. Warriors back in action tonight. 5.30 tip right from Chase Center against Kevin Durant of the Phoenix Suns. A team that has had the Warriors number as of late, but can the Warriors continue their winning ways? They've won 5 of 6. They're two points away from potentially winning 8 of 10. Looks like around the trade deadline, might have needed to not do anything. Did they need to do something? We're talking about it all. Relegating roles, improving the younger players, upgrades all around. How do you see this Golden State Warriors team right now? And and right before the break, Dan, before we get to our callers, we were discussing... You know, this this idea of, of reorganization and how Chris Paul is going to fit into that because he demands minutes and Gary Payton the second I like tonight. But, you know, is he someone that can maintain health? Um, even though the Warriors, I think, were both on the same page or trending in the right direction, you know, the, the questions that they have are, are multiplying, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's just how do they, and really, I think a lot of this does just fall on the head coach and Steve Kerr. How is he going to essentially, you know, deal with the the attitude of someone like Clay Thompson? How is he going to deal with the minutes of someone like Chris Paul? Is Brandon Pachemski going to continue to be in or around the starting lineup? Um, you know, one of the reasons why I felt like they should have made a move at the deadline was not necessarily just to upgrade and improve, but to kind of add by subtracting, like allow players to have different roles or improved roles to build some sort of consistency, because I think they've got consistency right now. I just wonder how the equation changes once they're whole. Well, I think we both agree that you're upgrading when you bring GP2 back to a team that hasn't been very good defensively. They're better now, yeah, but he's just going to make you even that much better. So it's a good thing Chris Paul has been good with the basketball team. The question I have with Chris Paul is how does he fit in in terms of the way philosophically they're playing ball right now? It's just, you know, they're much faster, especially now with the youth movement. 
you know, how does that work with Chris Paul, who's counter to all of that in terms of the way he likes to play? It's more of a half-court, pick-and-roll, you know, balance the floor. Well, that's not the way the Warriors have been playing basketball of late, so I'm really curious to see how he fits into things. But I think it's a good problem to have, and this is why Steve Kerr gets paid what it is that he gets paid, is that, you know, you got to manage these things, and you still got to keep this train going down the track. But I think that we'd all agree that the team should only get better with GP2 helps you out defensively and is one of those high-energy guys who I think is going to fit right in with the way Pajemski's playing ball and, and the likes of Quinones and, and Guy Santos. And then Chris Paul becomes a guy that just simply won't turn the ball over, which was such a pro- an area of uh, such a problem area a year ago. So um, it's it's a good place to be. It's just now up to Steve Kerr to make sure you manage all of that so that everybody's you know everybody is is copacetic as they like to say, and everybody's coming to coming to the game and feeling as though they're going to get theirs and they're not dissatisfied. And what do people feel like the reason or the, the key behind it all is? 888-957-9570. This from the 415 of the Comcast Business Text Line. The coming out party of Jonathan Kaminga is the key. I mean, do you feel like it's all just because of his emergence? The last 15 games in which he's played, dating back to his comments about losing faith in his head coach, he's averaged 22 points on near 60% shooting. This kid has been a revelation and taking the leap that everyone wants to see. The sky's the limit for Kaminga, but how is he going to adjust to being the man and the Warriors featuring him as a focal point offensively behind Stephen Curry? I think number two in the pecking order. Now, let's get out to the callers. Chris is in the car, wants to speak about one of the polls rising subjects here on Warriors this week. Clay Thompson. Chris, my man, how are you? Good morning. Doing great. How are you guys? Awesome. What do you got, Chris? Uh, I think we should not assume that Steve Kerr has not had the hard conversations with guys like Clay uh, because I'm going to bet he's already had that conversation with Kavon Looney and I think we would all agree that Steve Kerr is probably one of the top communicators uh, amongst coaches and managers in sports. Would we agree on that? I believe so. I'm going to guess that he's had those conversations with Clay, and I think people are being overly harsh on him uh, because every time he is quoted post-game or when he's interviewed post-game, he is giving nothing but love to his teammates. And so that's not, I don't think that's a mark of a bitter man. I think it's more of a mark of a guy who's coming to grips with his, his, um, would we say diminishing skills? Sure. The other thing is, you guys, you were talking about the fourth quarter against, um, who was the last game? Indiana? Yep. When, okay, the third quarter, when they absolutely pulled away in that game, Clay was on the floor, and I believe he was hitting a lot of good shots. It was not garbage time, I don't think. Uh, but those, you are the, those are the issues I wanted to yeah, throw against Philly. Out there. Yeah, you were talking Philly. Okay, I was I was thinking you were. Okay, I was thinking Indiana because in the Indiana game, if I'm not mistaken. Clay, Clay was so, on the floor. No, sorry, uh, Chris. Clay was out in that game. It, it was against Philly. Clay did not play. Okay, was against Philly. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but you know, guys, do you believe that Kerr has already been? I, I'm going to have to believe he's been talking with Clay a lot because Clay doesn't just go to the bench in the fourth quarter unless Kerr's already had that conversation with him. That's not the way Steve Kerr operates. I don't think. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that call. And uh, yeah, I mean. Well, and yeah, like that, the, the Philly game is one well, I don't think is necessarily all in garbage time, but you're right, Dan. He did pick up some stuff down the stretch, as did the, the rest of the team. But I don't know. So the conversation between Kerr and Clay has been broached from a standpoint of the attitude, right? We've heard this publicly, and it's been talked about Clay after the last time I think they actually played Phoenix didn't play down the stretch of that game, wasn't happy about it, and had to talk to Kerr about how he was moping. And actually, I think the word Kerr used was toxic. Clay Thompson had been a little toxic on the bench or maybe in the locker room. I don't know. So I think the conversation about his attitude and demeanor, that's taken place. But the role reversal or diminishing of a role, that is one that I think has begun to happen and might even happen after the Brooklyn game. But 
I don't think necessarily Clay Thompson's just thinking, oh, well, this is who I am. I think that Kerr set a tone by his actions that Clay could be closing a game. He also might not close half the games, and he's going to be have to have to be okay with that. Yeah, first of all, the callers, you're absolutely right. Steve Kerr in terms of communicating. Steve Kerr is a man. Steve Kerr in terms of being a leader, he's a cut above. I put him in the rarefied air of, of Pops, maybe Spo out in Miami, but they're, they're few and far between. So, yeah, the conversations have, have taken place. And maybe this was sort of a, a miscommunication of my end. What I'm speaking about specifically, yes, he's had conversations with Clay Thompson. I'm talking about specifically, Clay, we're taking you out of the starting lineup. To me, that's what has to take place. And yeah, you know, Ev, you're right. In that Philly game, he was good. And he has been much better, to your point, that he's no longer hunting shots and trying to be Clay of 2018, that he realizes that he's letting the game come to him. And he's making the extra pass when you see the way he's working with Trace Jackson Davis and Kevon Looney. You know, he's, he's making late passes. It's not all about him. And he's shooting in mid-range. But with all that being said, and I recognize the transformation and how much better he's been of not being that guy he was early on in the season or sort of getting into his own world that it's just about me. No, he's made a concerted effort to play within the system. But again, it just gets back to a guy and a great guy on top of that and somebody that's synonymous with the four titles. He's going to have a statue right here in downtown San Francisco, and rightfully so. It just gets down to when you're a guy that's had two serious injuries and you've missed two and a half years of basketball and you're now 34 years of age, you just simply become slower and less effective. And that's, as they like to say, going back to Sergeant Friday and and Dragnet, them's the facts, man. (laughs) And that's all we're talking about here. It's not an indictment on him, the person. I love the dude. He swims in the the damn bay. So do I. He smokes pot. Uh, You know, he's, he's he's good people as far as I'm concerned. None of that is on the table here. It's just about if you want to continue to win, and if you want to be serious about your basketball team, I think that serious conversation has to take place. If we're just about, listen... Let's reward him because he's a nice guy and everything that he's done. That's fine. You know, then do that. But you can kiss away any opportunity of walking down somebody like that in Minnesota or OKC. I think people get things sort of, you know, twisted here that we don't like Clay or we're saying Clay's a bad person or hating on Clay. No, this is just simply about basketball and what gives you the best opportunity to win games. And in my estimation, it's relegating Clay Thompson to the bench and mitigating his role going forward. I thought you were going to say, Clay Thompson swims in the bay, so do I. Clay Thompson smokes pot. I stopped right there. So do I. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. No, I'll, I'll pick up that torch for you. Or that baton. Thank you. Let's go out to San Francisco. Gloria wants to talk about the subject we're on right now, Clay Thompson. Gloria, how are you? Doing well, gentlemen. Thank you. I so enjoy you two together. You two uh, are just a great pair. You, you, Your knowledge of the game and passion for it resonates. And I'm Thank just you, glad to be able to get on with you guys on Saturdays. Um, I couldn't agree more. This is about basketball. What Clay Thompson has done for the Warriors, how he has played, the professional he has been, doesn't take away from any of those things. He will have the statues and all the accolades. He will go down in in Warriors lore. However, for this team to be competitive in the way it's constructed, they are going to have to have that balance of youth and the wisdom and the skill set of the veterans. And what gives them the best is with that Perjinski. That guy is energy. And unfortunately, we haven't seen that energy out of Clay. It's visible that his energy is low. He is sulking. He is moping because he wants to be a compliment to the team and he realizes some of the skill sets have diminished and it's hard on him and I root for Clay but I think I would like to see Clay be more like Reggie Miller just run off screens a little bit 
you know, you don't have to take everything off the dribble. He has changed his game and stopped forcing a few things, which is great. But I would love to see him come off the bench in that Ray Allen mode or Reggie Miller just running off screens and just catch and shoot. He's dynamic in that, and I think maybe his shots would be less difficult and maybe his um, percentages will go up. But I would like to see the Warriors get someone big. I know they can't do that this year, but that is going to be their nemesis. They're too small, but they can't compete with this current lineup. The, the game against Indiana was so refreshing. I tell you, I almost didn't even miss Clay out there in the lineup, they gave the business to Indiana, and that's the energy that they'll need to compete moving forward. Thank you, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks, Gloria. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for the comments and the compliments. I think that, and this is really what you're talking about, Dan. I think what Gloria is getting at also, it's not about Clay. It's about someone like Pajemski, like those or take whoever, but if someone is playing better than him, then, if this is about basketball, they should be playing. I still think there's a place where Klay Thompson can start, where he can help the Warriors. Maybe we don't see eye-to-eye on that, but I feel like a 25-minute-per-game Klay Thompson can start, and then if he's playing well, if he's shooting well, because, again, this isn't a team that, in my opinion, has too many knockdown three-point shooters, mm-hmm. even Pajemski. Like, I think one of the reasons that him and Clay are seen as so different is because they are different players. Like, Clay doesn't have the energy that Pajemski does. Pajemski doesn't shoot it like Clay Thompson does um, as far as being able to create and, and take his own shot. Uh, Clay Thompson doesn't pass like Pajemski does. He doesn't rebound as well as he does. I think Clay Thompson right now is still a better on-ball defender than Pajemski is, but Pajemski is clearly a better help defender. They do different things, but within what the Warriors are doing right now, which is winning basketball games, to your point, Dan, Pods might be the player that has to play more. And I think that Steve Kerr recognizes that, which is why Clay has not received as many either minutes or particular lineups. Um, he's playing more with the second unit, even when he is starting in games. So I think we're starting to see that shift. Yeah, I would just, I, I would take it a step further and start him. And it's not, it, it, again, it's not to disrespect Clay Thompson. And it's not, you know, it's not ceremonial. It's just, you know, Pajemski's now better than you, or he's now, you know, we, we need to recognize him at the beginning of the game. It's just you, you, you're not playing from behind, and he sets the tone with his energy. And that's just it. Everything you said is, you're spot on. I couldn't agree more. Listen, you lose spacing, let's face it. If you don't start Clay Thompson, you lose his floor spacing. He still spaces the floor, and with Steph Curry, you need that. Right? You're not going to run out or run you know, Pajemski off the line, necessarily. He's not spacing it like that of, of Clay Thompson. But I, I would throw out all of that sort of minutia and just, again, just to look at it in really simple terms of the energy level and the youthful sort of outlook or the, the youthful sort of energy that he provides that now becomes so evident at the start of games. And setting sort of, you know, the way that the game is going to be dictated right from Jump Street with the guy who's going to crash right from the right from the opening shot. He's going to be looking for a board and that's Pajemski. The minute the ball's on the floor as he showed in that in that game that he started against Indiana, he was he was getting floor burns 30 seconds into the game. He pulled the rebound and was on the floor scrapping. Like that to me, you it, it, that that's what's we talk about Draymond uh, sets the tone just by his mere presence, just by being on the floor. You feel as though dad's now back in the room. Dad's home. Stop playing around. Stop beating you know, your little brother. Well, it's the same thing with Pajemski in a different way. That Pajemski, all of a sudden you realize that it's, it's go time. Let's, let's beat everybody up the floor because this kid's playing at 110 miles an hour. And me, we may as well get our asses in gear as well. You lose that when you have Clay Thompson starting a game as opposed to Pod. Yeah, I mean, the one area I would, I guess I would rebuttal is beyond the three-point line. Um, no doubt. And, that is, and he doesn't space the floor. like that. No, he doesn't. And I think, yes, it's about the it's about Clay and him being able to shoot, but it's also about how much that opens up things for Kaminga, for Wiggins. 
And when you don't have a big on the floor, there's naturally more space. Pajemski does other things. And like he penetrates the paint better than Clay does. He'll scrap for loose balls. He'll have putbacks. He'll get you those plays that are unexpected. And that's why I, I do love Pajemski because he's effective and, and, and impacts winning without needing the ball, without needing to be the focal point of a play. Clay Thompson, I think, still needs to be the focus of a particular play unless it breaks down and they kick it out and whatever. But Pajemski's in five games this month is 0 for 11 from three. In January, he shot. from three. Like, those are areas that I'm sure are not going to be in the same place. He's going to improve. But that's still where Klay Thompson, to me, helps you. Because you need someone that can knock down a three, that can get hot from time to time, but I think also is now in a place where he's recognizing, I don't need to take 10 threes in a game to help us, but if I make three of seven, if I make four of eight, even if I'm against Philadelphia and I'm making four of five, like that's a positive Clay Thompson. And right now, unless there's someone else that I don't know about that's just sitting on the bench and apparently is going to hit 40% of their three pointers and also be able to give you 30 minutes a game, then Clay Thompson does demand to be a point of the, like a, on this roster. And he, or not just on the roster, but you know what I'm saying? He needs to be in the game plan because there's no one else outside of Curry that does that. I would agree. I just don't see him as a starter. I still think he can be effective, but in a more limited role. And listen, if Pajemski, you know, you can have the quick hook on Pajemski if if he's not starting well and you need to space the floor. You can get, you know, you can bring Clay Thompson into a contest. Why, why, why couldn't you have a quick hook on Clay? Well, because I think that... It's it's happened so repeatedly and so many times that it's now over a sustained period of time where you're you're beginning to it's trending where you're just starting games um, in a different sort of fashion that you may as well make that because the adjustment to me is so obvious that you're you're having to play from behind and a lot of it is because you're just not good defensively and a lot of it is just simply because you're not playing with that up tempo and you need to get younger a team that has Draymond Green Steph Curry and Clay Thompson is just not going to be competitive a lot of times simply because the other team may not be as talented and maybe you can talk about spacing all of those things that Clay does but just simply the other team is beating you to lose balls. The other team is just simply beating you up the floor. The other team is just simply a half, if not a full step, faster than you. And that just sort of at the end of the day, maybe it doesn't, it, it, you can't necessarily see it on a, on a stat sheet, but that's oftentimes what wins and loses basketball games. And I think that just simply Clay does not provide that for you. So um, I think it's time. I mentioned it last week, and as we continue to go you know, as as we continue to go on this trend, it, it should be more apparent to everybody that this is an obvious decision. It's just giving you the best chance to win a basketball game by giving pods the minutes at the beginning, once again, just to set that tone. Well, it's interesting to me because if there is a an impediment to Pajemski playing more, and he, I mean, he has, like, if you just look at his, his minutes, um, he's played 34 minutes a night through February so far. Like, he's getting more time, even more so than Clay Thompson. But the one guy that I worry if someone like Kerr is going to be tempted to cut Pajemski's minutes or maybe balance him with Clay, whoever, would be Chris Paul. Because Chris Paul also sometimes will play on ball and steps off ball. That slides him to the two. I don't know if you can play, and maybe he'll play a three-guard lineup with Pajemski at the three, and then you're smaller everywhere else, but how does Chris Paul affect Pajemski's minutes? Because I think that though Pods is primarily at the two, and Clay plays it as well, um, because of how much Chris Paul has been able to help you, um, even though you play slower, the pace comes back down, but I think he's been a good player when he's played this year. How does that affect Pajemski? And do we see him slide back to the bench, and him and Chris Paul just kind of run the second unit. How does that work? Because I think it's less to me, or will be less about who's starting, who's on the bench, as opposed to how many minutes does CP3 take away from the rest of the guys who have been helping you now win four or five? Yeah, I think it's the rest of the guys. I don't necessarily think it's Pajemski. I think Steve Kerr has recognized that this guy I need to to play, and I don't think his minutes are going to move. I really don't. I don't think with Chris Paul coming back to the lineup, I don't think it's going to have a direct effect on Pajemski and Pajemski having more of a limited role or having less minutes in a basketball game. I think it's going to have an effect once again on Moses Moody. 
I think it's going to have more of an effect on the before-mentioned Clay Thompson. I think that Chris Paul will eat, in, eat into Clay Thompson's minutes more so than Pajemski. All right, right before the break, uh, break, let's sneak in a quick call from New Jersey. Mitch is out in New Jersey. wants to talk about J.K. and Moody. Mitch, my man, how are you? Good, guys. Uh, happy uh, Super Bowl weekend. Go 49ers. Back at you. So definitely, uh, I think it's definitely an earnest time job. We should be more in the rotation. And by the way, I never understood the Chris Paul trade. I mean, I, I never. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, but I never understood that trade. And thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say he's not a Hall of Famer, but uh, yeah, I, I wonder how Chris Paul fits. And and it's not so much about him as a player, but it's more just about how the Warriors are playing right now and how he's going to mess with the mojo or perhaps improve it. I'm not so sure. I mean, so, you know, I I think it also gets into what the Warriors could have done at the trade deadline, and I think it was a couple of callers ago, Gloria brought it up, the fact that, you know, they they don't have um, a whole lot of size. You know, do you feel like that's still something that could come back to bite them when you look at the rest of the Western Conference and you see... Multiple seven-footers in Minnesota. Denver's obviously got Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., all 6'9 or above. You know, you look at Oklahoma City, who's younger, but they got some size to them. Um, You know, even the Clippers run with a traditional five and and Zubats. So, like, how do the Warriors overcome their lack of traditional size? Is it just to lean in on the lineup that right now has produced five wins in six nights? Wiggins, Kaminga, Draymond at the five have been the key to this all, along with, of course, Stephen Curry's play and emergence from someone like Pajemski and the rest. The Warriors are playing good basketball, but how do they continue that? It starts tonight at 5.30 against the Phoenix Suns, and up next, I do want to talk about what I would have liked to have seen at the trade deadline. Not to say that the Warriors made the wrong move, but I think they could have found a way to improve that will help them down the line. They chose not to do so. That's what's coming up next. One hour left here on Warriors this week. Evan Giddings, Dan Devon with you back after this on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.